for you are blessed above most men and one of the few called before the Most High. Remain here until tomorrow night, and the Most High will show you a vision revealing what he will do to the people of the earth in the last days. I dreamed an eagle came up from the sea which had twelve feathers sticking up on one wing and three heads. I saw she spread her wings over all the earth and all the winds of the air blew on her and clouds were gathered around her. Out of her feathers there grew opposing feathers and they became little puny feathers, but her heads were asleep. The middle head was greater than the other heads, but it was asleep also. Then the eagle flew with her wings and reigned over the earth and all those who dwell therein. All things under heaven were subject unto her, and no one spoke against her, not a single creature upon earth. THE VOICE Then the eagle rose upon her talons and spoke to her feathers, saying, Do not watch all at once. Let each sleep in his own place and watch by course, but let the heads be preserved for the last. I beheld the voice did not come out of her heads, but from the middle of her body. EIGHT OPPOSING FEATHERS I counted her opposing feathers, and there were eight of them. First of the twelve. On the right side there arose one feather and reigned over all the earth. After a time his reign ended, and he disappeared so that even his place was no longer seen. Second of the twelve. The next feather stood up and reigned a long time. While he was reigning, his end came also, and he disappeared like the first. The Voice Then a voice said to it, Listen, you who have ruled over the earth so long, this I say to you before you disappear. After you, no feather will rule as long as you have ruled, not even half as long. Third of the Twelve Then arose the third feather and reigned as the others before, and disappeared also. So it went with the rest of the feathers, reigning one after the other, and never seen again. THE EIGHT OPPOSING FEATHERS I beheld in process of time the feathers that followed stood up on the right side, that they might rule also. Some of them ruled, but within a while they also disappeared, for some of them started to reign, but could not hold on to the rule. After this I looked, and the twelve feathers and the two little feathers disappeared. Nothing remained on the eagle's body except the three heads and the six opposing feathers. LAST TWO OPPOSING FEATHERS then I saw that two little feathers also separated themselves from the six, but remained under the head that was upon the right side, and the four continued in their place. I beheld the four feathers that were under the wing, thought to set themselves up and to have the rule. I beheld there was one set up, but it suddenly disappeared. The second disappeared more quickly than the first. Middle Head Awakens I beheld the two feathers that remained planned to reign together. While they were making plans, one of the sleeping heads, the middle one, suddenly awoke. It was greater than the other two heads. Then I saw that the other two heads joined with the middle one. All three heads turned up and ate the two puny feathers under the wing that were planning to reign. The middle head frightened the entire earth. It ruled over and greatly oppressed all those who dwelt in the earth. Its kingdom was greater than the kingdom of all of the wings that were before it. Middle Head Disappears After this, I beheld the middle head suddenly disappeared, just like the wings had done before it. The two heads still remained, which in the same manner ruled over the earth and over all those who dwelt in the earth. Right head devours the left head. Then I beheld the head on the right side devour the head that was on the left side. A lion roused from the forest. I heard a voice saying, Look before you and consider what you see. I beheld what appeared to be a roaring lion roused from the forest. It spoke in a man's voice to the eagle, saying, Listen now, and I will speak with you. The Most High says to you, 
Aren't you what is left of the four beasts I made to reign in my world, that the end times might come through them? You, the fourth beast, overcame all the beasts that came before you, and you have ruled the world with terror and oppression. For so long you have lived on the earth with deceit. You have not judged the earth with truth. You have afflicted the meek and hurt the peaceable. You have loved liars and destroyed the homes of those who brought forth fruit and broke down the walls of those who never harmed you. Therefore, your insolence has been judged by the Most High, and your pride judged by the Mighty One. The Most High has also seen your proud times and ended them, and the eagle's abominations are complete. Therefore, eagle, disappear, you and your horrible wings, wicked feathers, malicious heads, hurtful claws, and your entire vain body, so that all the earth may be refreshed and return, being delivered from your violence, and that she may hope for the judgment and mercy of him that made her. This vision continues into the next chapter. Therefore, we will place the commentary for chapters 11 and 12 at the end of the next chapter. Chapter 12 Three-Headed Eagle Interpretation End of the Dream While the lion spoke these words unto the eagle, I saw the remaining head and the four feathers disappear, and the two that went under it and set themselves up to reign, whose kingdom was small and full of uproar, also disappeared. The whole body of the eagle was burnt, and the earth was in great fear. Then I awoke from the dream, but my mind was troubled. The Prophet Awakes You have wrought all these things unto me, because you search out the ways of the Most High. Oh, I am astonished, in shock, and greatly afraid because of what I have seen tonight. Then I petitioned the Most High to strengthen me, saying, my Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, and you have truly blessed me above others, if you hear all my prayers, please strengthen me and reveal to your servant the interpretation of this vision which I have seen, so that my soul will be comforted, for you have counted me worthy to see the end of the times and of the periods. The Interpretation He said unto me, This is the interpretation of the vision. The eagle that you saw come up from the sea is the fourth kingdom which appeared in the vision to your brother Daniel, but it was not explained to him. Therefore, I will now declare it to you. The days will come when a kingdom will arise on the earth, and it will be more terrifying than all the kingdoms that were before it. The Twelve Twelve kings reign in it, one after another. The second that begins to reign will reign longer than any of the other twelve. This is the interpretation of the twelve feathers that you saw in the vision. The Voice as for the voice which you heard speak, and that came not from the heads but from the middle of the body, this is the interpretation. After the time of that kingdom there will arise great struggles. It will be in danger of failing. Nevertheless, it will not fall then, but will begin again. Eight Feathers As for your seeing the eight opposing feathers sticking to her wings, this is the interpretation. Eight kings will arise in her. Their reigns will be short and swift. The first two will perish in the middle of her time. The middle four will be kept until the time of her end, but two will be kept unto the end. Three Heads As for your seeing the three sleeping heads resting, this is the interpretation. In her last days the Most High will raise up three kingdoms and renew many things with her, and they will have dominion over the earth, and greatly oppress all those who dwell in the earth, much more than all who were before them. This is why they are called the Heads of the Eagle. These three will finish all the wickedness and perform the eagle's last actions. Middlehead's Disappearance As for your seeing the large middlehead disappear, this means one of them will die in bed, but in pain. Left and right heads The two that remain will be slain with the sword, 
for the sword of the one will devour the other, but in the last days he will fall by the sword himself. Two little feathers. As for your seeing the two puny feathers under the wings passing over to the head that is on the right side, this is the interpretation. These are the ones who the Most High has kept for the eagle's end. This kingdom's reign was brief and full of trouble, as you have seen. The Lion, Messiah. The lion, whom you saw coming up out of the forest, roaring and speaking to the eagle, and rebuking her for her unrighteousness, with all the words which you have heard, this is the Messiah, whom the Most High has kept for them, and for their wickedness, in the end of days. The Messiah will reprove them, and will upbraid them for their cruelty. The Judgment, Great Tribulation First they will be placed before his judgment seat, then they will be rebuked, and then destroyed. The Remnant Delivered, The Rapture because of his mercy, he will deliver the remnant of my people, those who have been saved throughout my borders, and he will make them joyful until the coming of the day of judgment, of which I have spoken unto you from the beginning. This is the dream that you saw, and these are the interpretations. This vision is to be written down. You alone have been found worthy to have knowledge of the mystery of the Most High. Write, therefore, in a book all these things that you have seen, and put them in a hidden place. Teach them to the wise of your people, whose hearts you know are able, comprehending, to keep these mysteries. But you endure here yet seven days more, that there may be revealed to you what the Most High wills to reveal to you. Commentary Commentary We can divide the prophecy of the three-headed eagle into five parts. 1. Fall of Rome, A.D. 395-476 through 476. The first part of the vision is chapter 11, verses 1 through 19, and its interpretation is chapter 12, verses 10 through 18. The most interesting part of this prophecy is the twelve feathers. The oldest manuscript of the Apocalypse of Ezra that still exists is dated about A.D. 200. Rome fell in A.D. 476. This accurate prophecy was written more than 200 years before the events took place. We are told by the angel that the three-headed eagle represents the Roman Empire. Chapter 12, verse 11. The twelve feathers, which is the very first part of the vision, pictures the division of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire was in danger of collapsing, so the empire was split into two, and the Caesars moved to the new capital of Constantinople in A.D. 395. From that point, there were twelve rulers on the western side until the fall of the Western Empire in A.D. 476. The first one ruled twenty-five years. The second, Valentian III, ruled thirty years. 2nd Ezra 12.15 None of the rest ruled for even half of that time. To verify this, see World Book Encyclopedia, 1985, Volume 16, Q through R, under Roman Empire, page 393. From that explanation, notice that both the eastern and western divisions of the old Roman Empire appeared on the right side of the eagle. Since the middle head symbolizes Rome itself, all these rulers would be on the eastern side. The western side will be the Holy Roman Empire later in time. Fourth-century church father Ephraim the Syrian wrote in chapter 1 of his book, The End Times, that the Roman Empire will be divided into two separate empires ruled by two brothers. Some fifty years later, after he gave this interpretation of the three-headed eagle prophecy, he was proven correct. Emperor Theodosius's sons, Arcadius and Honorius, inherited the eastern and western halves of the empire respectively. This schism occurred in A.D. 395. Ephraim also predicted the eastern division would war with Persia. This occurred A.D. 602 through 628. 
These famous battles are known in history as the Byzantine-Persian Wars. 2. Papal Rome, Middlehead, A.D. 476 to present. The second part consists only of the vision in chapter 11, verses 28 through 32. Some have taught that the three heads are Western Rome, Eastern Rome, Byzantium, and the Holy Roman Empire. That sounds logical until you realize that Western Rome died out in A.D. 476 with the passing of the Twelve Feathers. If the feathers are gone, so is the Western Roman Empire. In chapter 12, verse 23, we are told the time of the three heads will be either during the end of the Roman kingdom or the end times. Either way, Western Rome's dying out in A.D. 476 is neither the end times nor is it the end of the Roman Empire since the Ottoman Empire destroyed Byzantium in A.D. 1453 and Napoleon destroyed the Holy Roman Empire in A.D. 1804. Therefore, the empire of the Middlehead must be what came out of the Western Roman Empire. Papal Rome. When a vacuum of power began to form right before the fall of Rome, the popes moved in to take control of nations. At the height of its power, Papal Rome controlled all of Europe. But its power was different. It did not reign with an army, but by religion. Third-century church father Hippolytus of Rome stated in chapter 36 of his book, The Antichrist, that the Rome of his day is Mystery Babylon and somehow continues to exist after the destruction of the predicted divisions of the Roman Empire. 3. Germany, the left head, A.D. 1453 through 1917. The third part of the vision is chapter 11, verses 33 through 34, and the interpretation is chapter 12, verses 22 through 26. The left head started with the establishment of the Holy Roman Empire in approximately A.D. 800 and lasted until A.D. 1806. It ruled Europe under the control of the Pope. The Holy Roman Empire moved from Spain to France and, towards its end, to Germany. Rome's power waned and Germany became Protestant under Martin Luther. Then, from 1523 to 1917, the German Empire controlled most of Europe. The Holy Roman Empire was crushed by Napoleon in the 1800s, although the Kaisers continued to rule until 1917 and World War I. In the 1930s, Adolf Hitler tried to create a third Roman Empire, Reich in which the final solution was to destroy the Jewish race completely. After World War II, this led the United Nations to recognize Israel's right to be a state in their ancient homeland. 4. Russia, the right head, A.D. 1917 to the rapture. The fourth part of the vision is chapter 11, verse 35, and the interpretation in chapter 12, verses 27 through 30. The third head began with the establishment of the Byzantine Empire, the Eastern Roman Empire, in A.D. 395. The Byzantine Empire lasted for over a thousand years. Ephraim the Syrian predicted in chapter 5 of his work, The End Times, that after the fall of Western Rome, there would be a second Christian empire, which would last until the time of the apostasy. Sometime after its fall, the end times would begin. The Byzantine Empire fell to the Islamic Ottoman Empire in A.D. 1453. In chapter 4 of the same work, Ephraim says that the apostasy would begin with the senseless desert nations. This corresponds to the dragon nations of Arabia, spoken of in chapters 11 through 12 of this book. Ephraim may have been quoting the Ezra Apocalypse when he taught about the senseless desert nations. In A.D. 1056, the Eastern Orthodox Church, including Russia, broke away from Rome, further weakening Rome's power. When Byzantium fell to the Ottoman Empire, Muslim Turks, in A.D. 1453, 
The last of the Caesars fled to Russia and intermarried with the Russian royal line of Nicholas I, creating the Tsars of Russia. They survived until 1917 and World War I. Since the Byzantine Empire never ate up the Holy Roman Empire, the right head eating up the left head, chapter 11, verse 35, and chapter 12, verses 27 through 28, must mean Russia eating up Germany, which took place in A.D. 1945. 1945 through 1991, Cold War. Russia enslaved other countries and used their resources to become a superpower. The USSR collapsed in 1991, freeing those states. Ezekiel 38, 7-8a refers to these events as the assembling and the guarding. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. Ezekiel 38, 7-8. But Ezekiel states that Gomer, Germany, with all its bands, East and West Germany, along with Austria, will accompany Russia when they attack Israel. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Togarma, of the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Ezekiel 38, 6. This means for the Gog-Magog war to occur, two things had to happen. East and West Germany had to reunite into one country. This happened with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. The second thing is that Austria must unite with Germany. These must be among the allies of Russia when they all attack Israel. 2011 to the Seven-Year Tribulation We will see in chapters 15 through 16, Russia will enter the Dragon Nations War with Syria. This seems to be the current war fought in Syria. See chapters 11 through 12 for details. This sets what I believe to be the first stage of Russia's involvement with Israeli politics. This will ultimately lead to the Gog-Magog War of Ezekiel 38-39. through 5. Rapture, Tribulation, and the Second Coming The fifth part of the vision is chapter 11, verse 36, through chapter 12, verse 3, and the interpretation is chapter 12, verses 31 through 35. This last part of this vision has the Lion of the tribe of Judah judging the nations. This is the Great Tribulation. Notice during the judgment, his people are joyful and protected until the day of judgment is over. This is the rapture of the church, followed by the second coming. The rapture is referred to as the day of deliverance. At this point, all the heads are gone. God has destroyed Russia, as described in Ezekiel 38 through 39. The only thing left of the fourth beast is the body with its ten claws. Notice this eagle has claws, not talons. The wording is just like the claws of Daniel's fourth beast. We can conclude that after Russia's destruction at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, that the ten nations arise from the vacuum of power left in Russia's absence. Chapter 13. The Messiah from the Sea After seven days I saw a vision in the night. I saw a great wind arise in the sea, so that it stirred up all its waves. Then the wind brought up from the midst of the sea, as it were, the form of a man, And I watched as this man flew with the clouds of heaven, and wherever he turned his face to look, everything before his face trembled. And wherever his voice went out, all who heard his voice melted away as wax melts in a furnace. After this, I saw there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of men from the four winds of heaven to fight with the man who came up out of the sea. I saw that he cut out for himself a lofty mountain and flew and stood upon it. 
but I sought to see the region or place where the mountain had been cut out, but could not. After this I saw all who were gathered together to fight with him were in great fear, yet they dared to fight. When he saw the violent multitude that came, he did not lift up his hand, neither did he hold a spear, nor any of all the weapons of war. But I saw how he sent out of his mouth, only as it were, waves of fire, and out of his lips a breath of flame, and he was shooting forth glowing coals of storm. These were all mingled together, the waves of fire, and the breath of flame, and the mass of the storm. And they fell upon the violent multitude that was prepared to fight, and burned them all up, so that suddenly nothing was left of that multitude of men without number, only the dust of ashes and smell of smoke. I saw and was amazed. After this I saw that man come down from the mountain, and he called a peaceful multitude of men. Many men drew close to him. Some of them were glad, some sad, some were bound, and some brought those who were to be offered. Ezra's Prayer for Interpretation But then I was so agitated that I woke myself up, and I petitioned the Most High, saying, You have shown your servant these wonders from the beginning, and while I am not worthy, you have esteemed me worthy to receive my petition. Now reveal to me further the interpretation of this vision, for it looks like those who survive in those days suffer greatly, but those who do not survive suffer more, because those who do not survive will be grieved over what comes upon those who survive in the last days who live to see it. Woe to those who survive, because they must see the great perils and distresses that these visions show. But it would be better to stand in peril and see these things come to pass, rather than pass away as a cloud from the world and not see what happens at the consummation of the times. The Interpretation of the Vision He answered, saying, I will tell you the interpretation of your vision, and also will reveal answers to your questions. The People This is the meaning of the people you asked about, those who survive and those who do not. In that dangerous time he will protect those who have works and faith towards the Most High and Mighty One. Therefore, those who survive are more blessed than those who die. The Man This is the interpretation of your vision. The man coming up from the heart of the sea is he whom the Most High has kept from the beginning, through whom he will deliver his creation, and he will bring through those who are left. Firestorm the fire and storm that came from the breath of his mouth, and that he did not have a spear or any weapon in his hand, but still destroyed the masses coming to wage war with him, means that in the future, when the Most High is about to deliver those who dwell on earth, great horror will come upon the inhabitants of the earth. They will plan to fight with each other, city with city, people with people, and kingdom with kingdom. After all the signs I previously told you about come to pass, then will my son be revealed whom you saw as a man coming up, when all the peoples hear his voice, they will all leave that battle they were fighting. Those men without number will gather together to come and wage war with that man, but he will stand upon the top of Mount Zion, and Zion will come and be revealed to all, prepared and built, as you saw the mountain that was cut out without hands. My son will reprove those ungodly people like a storm, and will judge their wicked deeds and sentence them to the torment wherewith they are destined. As to him being like a flame, he will destroy them without effort by the law of him who has been likened unto fire. Nine and a half tribes. The peaceful multitude of men that he gathered together to himself, these are the nine and a half tribes which were led captive out of their land in the days of Josiah the king, which Salmanazar, the king of the Assyrians, took captive and brought them to the other side of the Euphrates River. They decided for themselves that they would leave the multitude of the peoples and go to an inner region where no man ever dwelt so they could freely keep their law which they had not been able to keep in Israel. They entered in through the narrow passages of the Euphrates, 
for the Most High performed miracles for them. He held back the sources of the river until they had all passed over, that they might proceed to the dry land. It was a long journey, taking a year and a half, and that region was called Arzareth. They dwelt there until the last time. Then, when they are about to come again, the Most High will again hold back the sources of the Euphrates River so they can pass over. Therefore have you seen the peaceful multitude that was gathered together. But those also who survive from your people will live, they who are found within my holy borders. When he destroys the violent multitude of the people, he will protect the people who remain and will perform many miracles. I then asked him, My Lord, make known to me this. Wherefore have I seen the man come up from the heart of the sea? He answered and said to me, Just as one does not have the power to search out what is in the depths of the sea, so no one who is on earth can see my son or those who are with him except in that time in his day. This is the interpretation of the vision which you have seen. Ezra further instructed, These things have been revealed to you, to you alone, because you have forsaken your personal things and have devoted yourself to searching for the holy things in the law. You have sought wisdom all your life and have called discernment my mother. That is why I have shown you these things as a reward from the Most High. After three days I will speak with you again and explain to you the last marvels. And I did a lot of walking in that field, praising the Most High for the marvels which he had wrought at different times, and because he directs the times and what comes in the times. I sat there three days. In this vision we see the Messiah in his second coming. He is all-powerful and sets foot on a mountain. Acts and Zechariah reveal this to be the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. The nations come to battle him there, and he supernaturally destroys them. Afterward, those who make it through the Great Tribulation come to worship him. Notice that those who survive the Tribulation do so because they believe in God and the Messiah and have faith and relation rapture. If we pull together all the verses from this book that pertain to the rapture, we can see that it teaches that there will be a rapture of living believers along with a resurrection of believers prior to a seven-year period of judgment and the subsequent return of those believers at the end of that seven-year period. Their return marks the start of a messianic kingdom which lasts for one thousand years. We see the rapture in chapter 2, verses 33 through 41, that believers escape death by being sealed on a feast day. In chapter 6, verse 26, we see the raptured believers return to earth at the beginning of the messianic kingdom. In chapter 6, verse 34, we are told not to focus on the past, but on prophecy. In chapter 7, verse 26, we see those believers who are brought back to earth are called the bride. In chapter 7, verse 30, and verses 43 through 44, we see a seven-day silence, seven-year tribulation period, which is a judgment that occurs before the kingdom. In chapter 7, verse 28, we see that kingdom lasts 1,000 years. In chapter 12, verse 34, we are told the remnant of believers are made joyful until the judgment is over. Then they return. Date Setting In chapter 4, verse 45, we are told that there was more time between the creation and Ezra than from Ezra to the resurrection. Ezra lived between 480 through 440 B.C., if we are interpreting Ezra's time prophecy correctly, he placed it between 2005 through 2045 A.D. See chapter 4, verses 44 through 50 for details. Allusions to the School of Elijah Study these cryptic verses closely. Look at time from the beginning of creation, and what you long to see will be revealed to you. Apocalypse of Ezra, chapter 4, verse 43 Then I answered and said, what is the dividing apart of the times, or when is the end of the first age, and what the beginning of the second? 
And he said to me, From Abraham until Isaac, when Jacob and Esau were born of him, and Jacob's hand caught Esau's heel. For Esau is the end of the world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that follows. The hand of man is betwixt the heel and hand. Ask no further questions about this. Apocalypse of Ezra, chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Since there has been more time from the creation to Ezra than from Ezra to the resurrection, and the creation to Abraham is the key to understanding the ages, then we need to put these points together. Jewish historian Josephus stated that Elijah ran the school of the prophets, and that Elijah's outline of prophecy was written in what was called the Epistle of Elijah, which still existed in his day, A.D. 70. There are two distinct epistles of Elijah, but they do not match up with what is written about the original manuscript. The Talmud and the commentary Tanadebi Eliyahu says that Elijah taught that there would be 6,000 years of human history and then the establishment of a 1,000-year messianic kingdom. The 6,000 years would be divided into three ages of 2,000 years each. The first age is the age of chaos, the second is the age of Torah, and the third is the messianic age. This temporary messianic age must be the church age because what follows is a 1,000-year messianic kingdom. When I first heard this legend, I thought it was off because the flood was 1656 a.m. and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai was 2488 a.m. Both of these are about 500 years off one way or the other. But then I realized the sign of the covenant, circumcision, was given to Abraham. So Abraham is the key to the ages, as stated above. According to the ancient book of Jasher, the Codex Judaica, the Talmud, and other works, Abraham was 52 when God first spoke to him about leaving Babylon and his father. Abraham turned 52 in the year 2000 a.m. We need to determine when the third age started and the age of Torah ended. Was it at Jesus' birth or at his death? Or was it at the destruction of the temple when the sacrifices were stopped? Or something else? We need to know. Remember that the current Jewish calendar is off by a little over 150 years. Premature Children Born in chapter 6, verse 21, there is a prophecy that mothers begin to give birth at four months. This may be due to the average lifespan of mankind shrinking, or due to medical breakthroughs, or both. To date, the earliest surviving premature baby was James Elgin Gill, born on 20 May 1987 in Ottawa, Canada. He was 128 days premature, 21 weeks and 5 days gestation, and weighed 1 pound 6 ounces, 624 grams. This prophecy teaches us that in the near future, before the second coming, it will become commonplace for mothers to give birth to healthy babies around 16 or 17 weeks gestation. Three-Headed Eagle This prophecy is about Rome, the fourth beast Daniel saw in his visions. Western Rome falls, and in its place, three powers remain, Roman Catholicism, the Byzantine Empire, and the Holy Roman Empire. These morph into Rome, Germany, and Russia in the end times. We see Russia attack Israel in Ezekiel 38 through 39. This prophecy ends with the Messiah coming and rapturing his church, the destruction of the fourth beast, and the establishment of a messianic kingdom on earth. Dragon Nations of Arabia This prophecy, quoted by church fathers Hippolytus and Ephraim the Syrian, teaches that a terrible religious system arises from the Arabian desert. This system is called the Dragon Nations of Arabia. Toward the beginning of the end times, the dragon nations will seek to invade and destroy the land of Syria. They will lose control of their armies, which will morph into a horrible creation, destroying all in its path. Right before Syria would be totally devastated, a powerful large nation from the north enters the war. 
This sounds like the Syrian war that is occurring right now. Whether this is the actual war or a precursor to a great one, one thing we know for sure, Islam is a major player in end-time prophecy and the apostasy. Conclusion As predicted, we have seen the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, and the Holy Roman Empire. Their remains are Papal Rome, Germany, and Russia, who will play a part in the upcoming Gog-Magog War. In the last ten years, we have witnessed the rise of ISIS from the Dragon Nations, along with the devastation of Syria and the beginning of Russia's involvement with Middle East politics. We will soon see mothers give birth at seventeen weeks and the end-time signs of the birth pangs. Jesus was amazed that the believers of his day could not discern that Bible prophecies were about to be fulfilled. Can we discern those things now? You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. Jesus Christ. Matthew 16.3. New Living Translation.